Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. Let's bring in Sergei Redshenko. He has written extensively on nuclear history and on Russia's foreign and security policies. He's also a professor of Russian history at the Johns Hopkins School of Advanced International Studies based in Europe. He joins us now from London. Thank you so much. Morning to you. A Russian attack on this nuclear plant in Ukraine has European leaders uh, on alert, understandably. I wonder if you could start off by just telling us what it feels like to be in Europe right now. Well, you know, obviously everybody in Europe is is nervous. Uh, we are not sure where this conflict is going. There's potential for escalation. Uh, I find myself in a particularly uh, tricky position because I am a Russian academic who works in the West uh, and I have ties. I'm, I'm part of partially of Ukrainian heritage, so I have ties to both sides uh, in this conflict, and in personal terms, it's absolutely traumatic. You know, it is like waking up in the morning and realizing that somebody you know closely has died, or that you have helped kill them. So that is yeah. the kind of feeling that I've going, I've been going with for days. And of course, you know, I, as a historian and and and, and a, a scholar, I, I'm also aware of of just how badly this can all turn out. I mean, I'm a Cold War historian. We've yeah. seen dangerous moments during the Cold War, and there's every potential here for escalation. And we must do, we must keep very calm and just make sure that uh, uh, that we take the right uh, ladder out of this, you know, uh, the right door to de-escalate. Right. Um, let's, let's focus in on this nuclear attack for the moment. I mean, Russia is already facing an onslaught of sanctions. This particular attack is likely going to generate an even stronger response from the U.S. and the EU. Based on what you know of Putin, is he willing to absorb any risk right now in order to take Ukraine? So this is just uh, another development. Of course, there's an out, it's an outrageous development. You know, firefight at a nuclear power plant. How much worse can it get? But we have to remember that Putin has started an atrocious war against Ukraine. He, I think he expected to get off lightly. Uh, he did not expect the kind of consolidated response that we have seen in the West in terms of sanctions targeting Russia and Russian economy is already in a meltdown. Uh, nor did he expect such a response from the Ukrainian people. He did not expect this kind of resistance. But of course, now uh, that he is in this situation, it seems that he's determined to push the bitter end and uh, to uh, overwhelm Ukraine. And we have to remember that he has the capacity to do that. I mean, Russia has a massive military machine uh, that uh, that you know dwarfs anything that Ukraine can possibly uh, put up against it. So I think we're in the early, still in the early days of this uh, uh, very horrendous, unfortunate war, and uh, I'm I'm worried that uh, Putin is prepared to go much further and uh, unleash um, uh, even a worse bloodbath in Ukraine than what we have seen already. What do you make, though, of these reports that Russian troops are running out of gas, that they don't have food, this big convoy on its way to Kiev allegedly has stalled? It doesn't seem very organized in some respects. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've you know any any military operation like this is bound to run into some logistical problems, and we have seen uh, the Russians facing problems. You know, even abandoning their vehicles, facing resistance. You know, uh, the the situation though remains. I mean, the Russians are edging further in Ukraine. They are making gains. They are taking over cities, encircling cities. They just took over a nuclear plant, as we have just heard. So um, on the whole, I think it's, it's, it's too early to say how this war will, uh, will uh, uh, turn out in the, in the coming days and weeks. Uh, what I'm worried about is that we're just in the early stages of it. Mm-hmm. There have been reports of Russian soldiers saying that they expected to be welcomed with open arms by Ukrainians who were desperate for help. Do many in Russia believe that? There is a large section of the population uh, that unfortunately believes that, that unfortunately buys into this narrative and, of course, to uh, make things easier for them and makes it ma- making it easier to believe this narrative is the fact that the Russians have been, the Russian government has been clamping down on foreign media uh, and uh, uh, foreign sources of information. So they have just shut down uh, BBC, a Russian service, Deutsche Welle and some other uh, some other foreign media, which basically leaves uh, many Russians with just internal sources of information, internal nar- narrative that presents this as some kind of a war of liberation against Nazis. And, you know, I'm afraid to say, and I'm deeply saddened to say that as a Russian, that so many people in Russia actually believe this nonsense uh, and, and, and buy into it. And now, I don't say that everybody does, and I would say that liberal intelligentsia, so-called liberal intelligentsia in Moscow and St. Petersburg are by and large abhorred they're aghast. They're horrified by what's going on. But, you know, now that the uh, the, uh, the Russian government has unleashed uh, repressions and are promising long prison terms for speaking up against this war, I wonder how many of those uh, of, of my liberal friends in Moscow and St. Petersburg will quietly say to themselves, you know, maybe it's time to be quiet. Um, hmm. I don't know. It's a scary situation for many of them. The Russian Defense Ministry made its first acknowledgement of Russian troops that have been killed uh, in Ukraine. It said almost 500. Ukraine claims there have been over 5,000. So big discrepancy there. Does does the fact that Russians are dying in Ukraine, does that change public opinion in Russia? And then does that have an effect on Putin? Uh, it's hard to say what has an effect on Putin at this stage. Putin is sitting in his bunker surrounded by very few trusted lieutenants who he may not necessarily even listen to. And Putin is somebody who just listens to himself. And he's clearly not an economist because uh, the consequences of this misadventure in Ukraine have been absolutely dire for the Russian economy. Russian economy has been thrown back years and perhaps decades with the sanctions that are not likely to go away. Now, there is a body count. Uh, There is, as you say, a major discrepancy, as always in times of war, different sides present different numbers. Um, uh, We have not yet seen the, we have not yet seen uh, this translate into some sort of uh, popular movement against Putin. And in general, I would say that the Russians, uh, you know, they, they are kind of passive when it comes to these things. Just in a couple seconds, uh, a lot of Russia watchers have been saying Putin is unhinged. He's different now. Do you agree with that? Or is this the same uh, Putin? You know, Just a it, it is, in, in a sense, it is the same Putin. And I think he's still a rational actor. We just need to understand his calculation of costs and benefits. 
We so appreciate your time. Sergei Radchenko is a professor teaching Russian history and foreign policy at Johns Hopkins University. Thank you for your time and contacts this morning. Thank you for having me. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com slash NPR. In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts.